This episode is in support of the British Red Cross. Disasters and emergencies can strike at any time and anywhere. With millions of volunteers across 192 countries, the British Red Cross is part of a movement that's there for people as soon as a crisis happens. Your support means they can reach anyone, anywhere, with the help they need to get through it. For example, in the UK, when an emergency like a flood hits, your support means the British Red Cross is there to give the all-important emotional support people often need. Help organise cleanups and provide them with food and fresh water. And as conflict in Ukraine tears lives apart, your support means the Red Cross movement has reached over 5 million people so far, helping families evacuate providing medical assistance and giving a warm meal and a listening ear for people to talk about their experiences. But without the kind of people who support the British Red Cross, their work wouldn't happen. You make what the Red Cross do possible. It starts with you. So, support the British Red Cross at redcross.org.uk. Thank you. Hello and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film. 1978 was a world of B-movies. Not B-movies as we understand them, but movies about bees. Three swarm movies, believe it or not. Two on TV and this one in the cinemas. For more than 20 years... Scientists have known that a swarm of killer bees has been headed towards the United States. Now, Warner Brothers presents Irwin Allen's The Swarm. We have visual contact. Identify. A black mass, sir. A moving black mass. We have been invaded by an enemy far more lethal than any human force. Starring Michael Caine, Catherine Ross, Richard Widmark, Richard Chamberlain, Olivia de Havilland, Ben Johnson, Lee Grant, Jose Ferrer, Patty Duke Aston, Slim Pickens, Bradford Dillman, Fred McMurray, and Henry Fonda. A story of courage and sacrifice. since the 30s when families by the thousands fled the Oklahoma Dust Bowl has a thriving American community had to be totally evacuated until today. Its size is immeasurable. Its power is limitless. Its enemy is man. The war that I've always talked about has finally started. Mile by mile, city by city moves, leaving in its wake a path of destruction. When are we going to stop this massacre? Irwin Allen's The Swarm. It is more than speculation. It is a prediction. 
the swarm is coming. A cast of, well, box office gold. Michael Caine, Richard Widmark, Richard Chamberlain, Olivia de Havilland, Henry Fonda, and none of them could make it work. <laughs> um, and what was even more peculiar was the fact that um, poor old Michael Caine carried the can for it. Um, he later on described it in, in um, one of his autobiographies as, as one of those paycheck pictures. You know, so he did that. Um, I think Jaws the Revenge was one of those as well. He didn't see the movie, but he saw the house that the money bought. You know, that sort of thing. Um, and it's made by Irwin Allen, who not only produced but directed the thing as well. And um, he was the king, the king of disaster pictures. He'd previously um, done Towering Inferno. And, of course, you know, Towering Inferno uh, was a learning curve involving fire. And this picture has fire as well, lots of fire. And what do you do when you have an action set piece like that and you have a success like Towering Inferno? You bring as many uh, of that same team with you. And the stunt coordinator was Paul Stader, who was the go-to man, really, when it came to standard disaster action. Um, he did Poseidon Adventure, he had done Towering Inferno, and now he was doing The Swarm. Um, and also, what Paul likes to do, and I think it's what Erwin Allen likes to do too, is to bring in uh, stunt people and cast them in the picture. So it's just so much simpler than having to go to all of that trouble of training somebody up to, you know, be a bit more physical. So Ernie Orsatti. Uh, is cast as the duty officer. Chuck Hayward is one of the uh, engineers. Um, a guy called Bob Harks, who uh, makes a, a wonderful appearance in this, uh, is a member of the town who's attacked by the bees. And Mike Johnson, and Mike Johnson, if you remember Towering Inferno, is the guy that when the lift opens, he is on fire and comes out. Um, uh, of of the lift ablaze. Now he was such a smash in that that in this movie he is in the cast list as Burning Man. You know, you get yourself a bit of a niche and uh, the next thing you know he's the king of fire. Well, that's the basics as far as the picture is concerned. Now what we need to do is we need to talk about working with animals. Now working with animals it's not as simple um, as it may sound. What's the old adage that they always used to say? Never work with children or animals. Primarily because both will bite you in the arse. Um, some literally. But, you know, dogs have handlers. Uh, horses have wranglers. Snakes have wranglers. Bees bees you know when you work with bees it's very tricky very tricky because in 1978 and bear in mind 19 these are all practical effects 
this movie was made now, it would be CGI. CGI up the caboose. Um, you wouldn't need a bee wrangler. You also wouldn't need a production line of individuals who were employed by the production company to pluck the stings out of the bees. Are you a Bond fan? I mean, really a Bond fan. If you enjoy dreaming of what 1991 and 1993 Tim Dalton films would have looked like, or if you have a degree in Octopussy but still don't know which Fabergé egg is a fake, then the Really 007 podcast is for you. Really 007. We bring an insightful, critical, and silly take on the James Bond films. We are proudly part of the Pod Dojo Network and are available for free on iTunes and Spotify. We have regular, in-depth reviews of every Bond film, as well as special episodes on different aspects of the series. And some of us are a bit down on the Craig era. Robert. While others are happy to pretend to dislike things just to get cheap laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and join in on the James Bond conversation online. Really, Dublin. Pluck the stings. What, you know, you turn up on set that day. Ah, Dave, I'm glad you're here. Look, I've got a job for you. Um, we need these bees for the sequence. And it's, uh, it's very important. We have to get this sorted. And we wondered, would you be good enough to remove the stings from the bees, please? Sure. How many bees? Um, let me just check my notes here. How many bees? Oh, yeah, we've got 22 million. What? 22 million. So you might need to stay late this evening. 22 million bees used for the duration of this picture. Now, Michael Caine also mentioned that there's a there's a lab sequence and they're all in uh, white lab smocks and they're wearing protective clothing and they're wearing gloves and they're wearing helmets and they're wearing all sorts. And there are a huge amount of bees in this room. Him... Richard Chamberlain, uh, Wid no, is Widmark in there? I think he's in there as well. And Henry Fonda in a wheelchair. And he says there is something that happens um, to any animal, I suppose, or any insect when it gets uh, into a threatening situation. It empties its bowel. Now, bees are very small. Bee poop is even smaller. But when you've got millions of bees, that poop, well, it becomes quite big. It becomes a large mass swarm, if you will, of poop. And they're wearing these white smocks and everything starts to get slightly hazy. And there is a browny, yellowy type haze in the air. And also because everything's being done by hand, manually plucking the, the stings from these bees means that every once in a while, somebody misses one. It's par for the course. You know, if you've got 35 people 
and they're going round the clock taking stings out of 20 million bees which again humane society wouldn't allow you to do it these days but rules were very different back then and so consequently he referred to them as the hot one all of a sudden somebody would get stung for real in the movie and again you look at that type of situation but um, in the actual movie itself the only cast member that was stung whilst filming was Olivia de Havilland so she was stung once and that was it apparently the rest were were stung in rehearsal so there are scenes in this movie where clearly there is a visual effect of some shape or form um, creating the mass swarming of the bees to a particular place but then when you have the actors or the stunt people up close you see that they are being pelted with very clearly with something i wasn't sure what that something was it turns out it is actually bees which were kept in in large containers and then let go on on the shout of action and away they would go and they would be flying into the faces of the actors and there's a couple of death sequences in this which are brutal brutal the the there's a sequence a picnic sequence um a father a mother and a child and they're having a picnic and then the you know the swarm in fact it's the mum the mum starts the whole thing because there's a bee on the picnic table on the food and she goes shoot and she shoes it and she must have hit it and made that noise that presumably only other bees can hear and millions of them come out of a tree and that's this pair done and the little kid runs into the car for safety and then drives the car off into town which is another sequence entirely but these actors have to be lying there and have to act with evidently hundreds and thousands of real bees climbing all over them I, I i think i would have lost my i may have lost my shit over this i think i genuinely would have done it's it's very very alarming to watch never mind putting yourself in the position of being there um so remarkable work by many members of the cast and the crew um Bob Harks, we mentioned him uh, at the top of this as well. The bees, they swarm to a local town. And um, again, slow-mo. We've talked about slow-mo before. It makes things look better. And it makes these type of death sequences look even more alarming. But... Bob is going down the road and is, you know, waving his arms about and trying desperately not to get these bees, all, and the bees are all over him, obviously. And he crashes through the window of a shop, and the other side of that window is is Michael Caine and Catherine Ross. 
that you know you've got to time that properly and get it all it's it's a very very interesting little sequence to watch but this movie has um, bothered me and excited me for years it's always been one of those movies that i could just kind of put on and have in the background the dialogue's terrible the story's appalling it's shockingly done however the action is of a certain level and paul stader is a man that you can rely on to come up with the goods when it's this type of budget i mean the budget was actually pretty high um didn't do that well at the box office but you know it's it's a for, for what is being asked of the stunt team they do it very very well indeed um there's lots of aerial stuff in this as well lots of great model shots but the practical side of everything is that it is done for real. It is physically done practically. There is a sequence in a school. Olivia de Havilland is the uh, uh, she's the school uh, headmistress, I guess. And uh, they receive a phone call from BHQ or whatever that's referred to. Um, get the kids in get everybody inside lock the windows lock the doors so she's now trying to make an announcement to the school and it's children so she's trying not to spook them but then she can hear this you know it sounds like thousands of tiny chainsaws it's the bees she can hear them and she goes and looks through the window and there through the window she sees children lying on the floor motionless covered from head to foot in bees. And it's very difficult to watch. And these kids, and they're not stunt performers by any state of the imagination, these are children, they're very clearly children, and there are very clearly real bees walking over the top of their faces and their eyes and everything. It's just horrific, horrific, horrific. Um... But then you, you have to step back from it and go, right, well, it's done exactly what it's supposed to do as a movie. It has bothered me and it has alarmed me. But Jesus, isn't it done well, you know, practically? And a remarkable thing to do from, from start to finish. It really is. Um, and obviously fire plays a huge part in this. There are some terrific fire sequences. Um, you know, where else would you get an opportunity to, to walk down the middle of a street uh, in, uh, at night firing flamethrowers with, with uh, flames that go out 60, 70 feet? I mean, it's, on the, I've never seen it on the big screen. I've only seen it on TV. So I imagine that seeing it on the big screen would have been remarkable. And if they ever get a chance to, to do it again, maybe that's a job for the Prince Charles cinema. They're always very good at that type of thing. This would be a remarkable thing to do, um, to, to see this on the big screen. But I, I must say there's a number of really very exciting um, action sequences in this, more of which we will look at in depth on Friday. And uh, thanks for for being here and for sticking with me through this one and uh, if you like this well you'll like friday so until then it's bye for now <laughs>